We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. It's more fun to be there live for Los Angeles Chargers football. And when you need tickets, Ticketmaster's got you covered. As the official marketplace of the Los Angeles Chargers and the NFL, Ticketmaster gives you more ways to find your perfect seat. Their interactive seat map gives you a 360-degree preview of your section to make sure you have the best view of those pivotal plays. And if you change your plans, Ticketmaster gives you more flexibility to sell or transfer your tickets. Plus, mobile tickets make getting in on game day a breeze, and you can even customize your Ticketmaster app to rep your team's colors. Find tickets today at Ticketmaster.com chargers. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Chargers Analytics with Arjun. Hope everyone enjoyed their first weekend of football back. I know I certainly did, um, even though the result of the Chargers game wasn't something that I was hoping for. Um, definitely, you know, it was a really fun game to watch going on from both sides. Uh, so here we're going to talk a little bit about just kind of reviewing that game, everything that went on, some of the stats, some of the numbers behind that that you probably won't get from any other podcast anywhere. Um, and then do like a little bit of a quick preview on the Titans game. Of course, the, you know, kind of scouting report um, I put together every week. It's only going to have one week of data and I could go back and use 2022 data for the Titans, but it doesn't make a lot of sense given that uh, given that Todd Downing you know, he left the Titans um, after 2022 and they hired Tim Kelly. So completely new offense. So I'm really just going to use 2023 data when looking at the Titans. But as usual, I'm just going to jump straight into it. Uh, first, again, review what happened in this Dolphins game. Um, obviously, 36-34 went over the, you know, over under by about 19 points, 19.5 points. Um, overall, I mean, I, I thought the Chargers offense played really well. You, you just look at their performance. They had a 99th percentile success rate overall. They had a 100th percentile rushing success rate. So a success rate is is when any play gains and expected points added or EPA of above zero. So it's basically just saying, did the offense increase their chances to score points on this drive based on the outcome of the play, given yards down or down distance, yards to go to the end zone in context like that. So really good performance on the ground. Um, the passing performance, it was, it was still pretty good. We're looking at a 74th percentile passing success rate, about 56th percentile uh, passing EPA. So overall, you know, a, a, an above, at least an above average performance when the passing game and a really good performance uh, by the running game. I thought Herbert looked good, didn't really make many mistakes. I know people are going to get on him for that last drive, but, you know, I looked at the numbers. 
you look at the two sacks that he took, he was under pressure in 2.0 and 1.8 seconds on those two sacks. I don't know many quarterbacks that wouldn't take a sack or turn a, a play into a positive play when they're under pressure in 2.0 and 1.8 seconds. So if you hear that comment being brought up, oh, you know, Justin Herbert, you know, isn't clutch, took took two sacks on that final drive. He was pressured in less than two seconds on both of those plays. So uh, take that for what it's worth. Obviously, the intentional grounding wasn't great, but it happens. You know, people make mistakes and, you know, we, we still had a chance at the end of the day to convert on fourth down. But again, pressured in 1.8 seconds. Not much you can do. So overall, pretty impressed with this Chargers offense. Again, I I was, you know, I didn't really make videos throughout the offseason, but when I said in my initial Kellen Moore video, he's going to transform this run game just simply with his scheme, but also getting Rashawn Slater back. And we definitely saw it in a game where the Dolphins came into this game from last year ranked top three in rushing EPA allowed on defense. They were top three run defense, and we ran all over them for a hundredth percentile performance. So really impressed by them. Obviously, on the flip side, uh, the defense was terrible. Like it, it could not have been any worse. The Dolphins, you look at, you know, their passing stats. They had a 89th percentile a passing success rate, 90th, 98th percentile uh, passing EPA. If you look at this chart I put together. It's called a perfectly covered plays. So basically, how often does every person on the Chargers do their job? And you can see the Chargers had the low, second lowest defensive perfectly covered rate in the NFL this past week. The Dolphins had the second highest uh, broken or second highest rate of plays that were deemed as broken coverage that someone messed up on the Chargers defense in coverage. So not a great showing from the Chargers defense. Um, I, I really, I, I didn't know what to expect. I didn't think they were going to replicate the performance from last year, but I didn't think it'd be this bad, especially without Taran Armstead. Zero sacks on Tua. Um, just, just not overall, not a great performance by by Brandon Staley and the the rest of the Chargers defense. Um, going back to the run game a little bit, I was really impressed by Joshua Kelly, 16 carries, and he was successful on 75 of them. He gained a first down on eight of his 16 carries, a, a first down or a touchdown. That is really impressive. And more importantly, he he had a successful rush on 12 of his 16 rushes. Like that is an exceptionally high number. Uh, and obviously I, I thought Joshua Kelly should have got more carries last year. I think he got hurt at some point. And so obviously his play declined, but this is a really good start. And given that Eckler's banged up for this week, he's probably going to see a bigger workload than he has in years past. So uh, really impressed by Joshua Kelly. I thought he did a tremendous job, but let's, let's just talk a little bit about the chargers uh, from this game. So on first down, I, I charted, um, every single type of play call that the Chargers called in this game. So on first down specifically. So we were looking at 17 actual runs. So it's, you know, runs that I kind of saw. There was no type of RPO action involved in it. They had two RPO runs, which were runs kind of out of shotgun. And there was a bubble screen or there was a slant coming another way. So two of those, five RPO passes slash screens, uh, three play action passes and eight standard dropbacks. So we're looking at you know, just no play action, no quick or no, yeah, no play action, no RPO, just a standard dropback. Eight of those were on first down, but all of them came in two minute or end of game situation. So you take away two minute, you take away end of half, end of game. They didn't run a single standard dropback against this Dolphins defense. Uh, they didn't run one single dropback. And again, my main thing when Kellen Moore got hired was I thought he ran the ball a little too much in Dallas. I'm okay that he didn't pass the ball as much in this game, mainly because the run game is working. Look, I know I'm an analytics guy. I know I've 
I've worked for PFF. I've, you know, worked in, worked in the league. Like I know I'm supposed to be this, Oh, you, you should never run the ball. Look, if the run game is working, if you have a 67% success rate when running the ball, if you're running back, Joshua Kelly is a 75% success rate when he touches the ball on a run play, then by all means run the ball. Like if you're averaging over six yards a carry, you can run the ball all you want. My main thing has always been if the run isn't working, if you're not an efficient run team, then you shouldn't run the ball as much. But because the run was working, I'm okay with this. But that being said, and we'll get to the Titans later, the Titans are not the Dolphins. The, the Titans were all were better than the Dolphins last year at stopping the run and could be and will be better this year. And we'll see that in some of the numbers that I pull up in a little bit. But um, yeah, so just about this, a lot of RPOs and a, and a lot of runs in this uh, in this Dolphins game. But again, I'm okay with it mainly because the run was working. And when it's you know when it's working, you're getting six yards of carry, staying ahead of the sticks. Then just keep it going, right? And I I don't really believe that because they ran it so much, Herbert wasn't ready at the end of the game. Like he threw he threw he had 44 dropbacks like he was it's fine like he had enough attempts that he wasn't rusty or whatever at the end of the game so um you know not too worried about this first down play calling because I think it you know Fangio with his light boxes they're going to invite you to run the ball and if you can get six yards of pop get six yards of pop so that was number one now let's talk about uh the Tyreek Hill situation so again I'm I promise you you probably won't get any of these stats anywhere else but Per PFF charting, Tyreek faced 20 snaps versus single man cover. So I think he ran about 35 routes on Sunday, and he faced single man coverage from Michael Davis, JC Jackson, Asante on 20 of them. That's 57% of his routes. To look at his, the game last year, he only faced seven snaps of single man coverage, which is 26% of his routes. So JC Jackson coming back, you know, Brandon State and Derwin James being on the field. Brandon Staley decided he wanted to run man coverage against the Dolphins 30% more of the time. And I think Seth Walder had this post that the, the Chargers were charted as having played man 80% of the Dolphins passing snaps. So again, JC Jackson being back kind of just, you know, forced Brandon, or I don't know what, I'm not going to say force. I, I don't know the game plan or anything, but JC Jackson coming back increased Brandon Staley's man usage from last year and especially single man usage because at least last year Tyreek was you know he had a decent amount of snaps that uh he was charted as being helped or bracketed this time they left him on an island part of that I think is also McDaniel did a tremendous job of getting him open in space and getting him in one-on-one -on -one situations but still they, they played a lot of man and you can't play like it's very tough to play man against two speed demons in Tyreek and Jalen Waddle and so obviously it didn't work. So that was, you know, something from that game that I kind of noticed. Um, and then again, going back to this, the, just the Dolphins did a tremendous job of forcing broken coverage. Um, and so that, that was really everything I want to talk about from the Titans game or from the Miami game. Um, you know, I, Twitter has been a, uh, a privilege to be on for the past couple of days. You know, I think the, the two takes are coming off. And the thing is like Justin Herbert didn't even play that bad. He had an above, league average performance didn't have any turnover worthy plays never put the ball in harm's way the offense scored 34 points so can't really uh you know I don't think I don't think you really criticize Justin Herbert for this game at all um and you know props to two I thought he played played well so um let's let's switch gears let's go to this Tennessee game real quick just look at how they did against the uh the Saints Ryan Tannehill was terrible uh I'm gonna put that bluntly he was he was pretty bad uh, very unproductive, like the tight ends overall, just super unproductive throwing the ball. 
Um, they were unproductive on offense, period. 15 points, Tannehill had three interceptions, four turnover-worthy plays. It was just a terrible game overall from them. It doesn't you know, even make sense how bad they were and how many open throws Ryan Tannehill missed. Um, the Saints had a lot of success actually throwing the ball. They had the average of a 0.2 EPA per pass and a 49, 49% passing success rate, both which are 60, 60th percentile and up. But they struggled a lot to run the ball. 24 runs. They averaged a negative 0.4 EPA per rush, which is a ninth percentile outcome, and a 17th percentile, 17% success rate running the ball, which is a fourth percentile outcome. So this is a really good run defense. And I know the Saints offensive line isn't great. The Chargers offensive line, I think, is, is much better, especially on the interior, which is where the Saint, the Titans have a lot of guys like Jeffrey Simmons and uh, T.R. Tart. But this is going to be, a, a, I think, a better run defense than what the Chargers saw. And Mike Vrabel isn't scared to load the box and, and stop the run. So just looking at the Titans, uh, again, I'm only using 2023 data. So Keep in mind, small sample sizes don't overreact too much to some of the numbers, but also it's an, it, I think it will post something. And this, I think this will be the last week I kind of use my old scouting report. Again, I have something really cool in the works that I'll be putting out next week, um, hopefully, or at least the week after. But first off, the Titans only rushed four point uh, on average. They had 4.08 pass rushers. So on average, they were really just sending four every single down. They ranked 30th out of 32 teams this past week uh 21 blitz rate which was 24th in the league so they're going to rush four they're not going to send much pressure which i think is, is good for the chargers and i think the chargers have the offensive line to to hold up against four um you look at their defenders in the box they like to play six men in the box and more, they like to play seven men they played more seven man in the box than six than five men in the box so you're probably going to see them load the box more than they will be trying to um stop the pass which is something that is the opposite of what vic fangio did um Let's look at their like personnel packages. You can see right here they ranked pretty much a lot slightly above league average in terms of 11 percentile usage. Ran 11 percentile, uh, ran ran 11 personnel at uh, about like a 63 percent clip. Um, and then outside of that, we can see they ran a lot, lot of 12. So it's really going to be 11 personnel and then 12 personnel. Um, you can see that here that they uh, they were pretty inefficient again everywhere it was just an inefficient day for that titans offense but they really struggled out of 11 but we can see here with the pass rate over expected when they went 12 and they when they went 21 it was, it was most likely a run and when they went 11 it was most likely a pass right so those are the kind of the things to just keep note of when they bring in that second tight end when they bring in i think it's jack chestnut who is their fullback we can check that yeah jack uh, chestnut they're most likely gonna run the ball when they bring in trevon wesco to run 12 personnel they're more likely to run the ball but when they bring in nick westbrook uh kind uh they're more likely they're more likely to pass so again just some of these tendencies to keep in mind this will be broken down a little bit further next week again with my new um outcome or my new uh report but um i think that's something to keep in note you can see here mainly ran single back and shotgun they don't really they're not a really creative offense uh, eight plays out of empty, which they were really successful, I think, spreading out the Saints defense and that they probably could have success versus us. I think um, I should have had this ready, but I'm going to pull it up while I talk. My friend Tage, uh, who I did a podcast with, he actually tweeted about this where I believe the Dolphins had the Dolphins ran empty at a pretty high rate. And. I need to be able to find this tweet in the next 10 seconds. Sorry. Um, but yeah, the Dolphins ran empty a lot uh, against the Chargers and they had uh, a lot of success doing so. 
Uh, yeah, right here. Sorry. The Dolphins went into empty on 18.8% of their plays and passed on, a, obviously you're going to pass it to empty. And they averaged a 1.2 E, 1.32 EPA per pass. So basically every time the Dolphins lined up to pass or lined up in empty, they added about 1.3 points to their score, which is absolutely insane. So given that the Titans have also, also had success running empty this past weekend, uh, that's not something that, you know, we'll love to see, but I think the Chargers, you know, hopefully will be prepared for it, given that the Titans receiving uh, room isn't as strong. Um, you can see at a single back, negative 20.8 uh, pass rate over expected. So they they run the ball tw about 21% more of the time. And at a shotgun, they pass the ball about 7, 8% more. Uh, so again, these tendencies, I think, are definitely visible in the numbers and on tape. Um, don't really think it's worth looking at that. Um, yeah, Hopkins got the most targets. Then it was Akine and then Burks. So the whole Chigger Conquo and, and Traylon Burks breakout season didn't really happen. Uh, Hopkins had the most targets, but he was pretty, the you know, targeting him was pretty inefficient. Um, this is something that I believe Steven talked about on Twitter. Just looking at the Titans rushing efficient, efficiency, they had a lot of success running left. They had averaged a positive EPA per rush running to the left side of the offensive line. So that's the Andre Dillard, Peter Skronsky side. So that those are their two best offensive linemen. And of course, they had the most success running uh, left. But I think what is most important is they had the most success overall running outside the tackles. So the end gaps, remember, are end gaps are outside the tackles, averaged a positive EPA per rush. Yes, small sample. I understand that that's just, you know, we're working with one week of data, but I think just those are notable coming from that game. And if we scroll down, we can look at the Chargers defense. Like the, the Dolphins didn't run all that much against the Chargers. Um, you can see three snaps running outside the tackle right, three snaps running outside the tackles left. Um, and efficient running left, efficient running right. So uh, I don't, it's tough to really make too many conclusions from a three three rush sample size. Um, so I'm not, you know, I think based on last year, obviously this would have been a huge concern about the kind of outside zone scheme that the Titans like to run. Um, and so if they do decide to run outside the tackles, I think that would be a little bit concerning, but you can see the numbers say they like to run left more than they run right. They have six total rushes running right. They have 15 total rushes running left. So definitely that's another thing to keep in mind. But if you look at this graph, the Titans' defense and stopping the run, um, they didn't allow a positive EPA per rush to any gap. And so whatever the Chargers did to get a 67% a 67 rushing success rate against the Dolphins, it's probably not going to work this week against the Titans. So um, I, I would hope, again, if we go back to – uh, my kind of like first down break, first down play calling breakdown, then maybe this this gets toned down just a little bit and we see a little bit more passing, given that, you know, the Saints actually had a pretty good day passing the ball and, and Justin Herbert is a better quarterback than Derek Carr. Um, but yeah, that's that's honestly everything I wanted to talk about. Again, we're still super early in the season, so we don't have as much of data to kind of make big conclusions or, or look at opposing teams. But I do hope that kind of reviewing what happened in the Dolphins game and anything from the Titans game uh, against the Saints was helpful and, and kind of will provide some insights into onto what the Chargers could be expecting this week from from the Titans. Definitely a must-win game. They they are favored for the second week in a row, so you know they should win this game even though it's in Tennessee, and you know they're going against Derrick Henry. But they did a good job stopping the run last year against Derrick Henry. Didn't have a great day on offense, but got it done when they needed most. So definitely a must-win game. Hopefully they can pull it out. And uh, I think I think overall it should be a fun game again. And the offense looked really good. So. I think they'll they should be able to come out come away with the win. Probably going to be low scoring, uh, given that the Titans' offense look pretty bad and their defense is always pretty good. But um, again, uh, thanks everyone for watching this video. 
and you know, again, uh, I hope everyone will be a little bit excited for my new report coming out uh, for these type of videos next week. Uh, but until then, hope everyone has a great rest of the week. And until next time, bolt up. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.